PYHT listeners, if you're going to be at Comic-Con, Rhea and I will be at booth 3917 on Thursday, July 21st at 12.30 p.m. and then in Hall H at 2.15 p.m. as a part of the Feral Audio panel. And let's say you're in Chicago, Illinois. Well, we will be in Chicago on Saturday, July 23rd at the Hideout at 5.30 p.m. screening a couple of episodes of our show, Take My Wife, which debuts in August on CISO, or at 10.30, you can go see Rhea do a full headlining set. Again, that's at the Hideout in Chicago this Saturday. Put your hands together. 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 What's up, everybody? Thanks for coming on the TV. Put your hands together. Put your hands co-host in just a second but literally as I was walking on stage actually as I was walking on stage I just found out news um, which is that Gary Marshall died and today I know this is why I just have to say it right now he just like died a couple hours ago and he actually put me in the first uh, major studio release that I was in I was like in a bunch of indie movies and then got a chance to work with Gary in his last movie which is called Mother's Day that dude's fucking amazing, and he made so much history. And like, if you want to know if a dude's a cool dude, uh, he knew I was a comic. He had started as a comic, and I was out, I was in Atlanta with him for a month working on this movie. And everybody that loves I don't know if anybody saw this movie Mother's Day, but it has like this cast of people that worked with him throughout his life, and everybody that works with him likes him so much that they'll like kind of do anything and come back. And new movies with him again. And so I was down there for a month and he knew that I did stand up and I was going to leave in a couple days. And he was like, are you doing a show in town that I can come to? Which is how he talked. Um, and so I set up a show in like the basement of a very cool hotel in the hip neighborhood of town. And it was like a lot of pe- lesbians <laughs> in the audience. And then Gary came a bunch of the cast and crew came, but Gary came with his wife and sat in the front row and, like, laughed his head off the whole time. He was 83 at that time and, like, sat there in a hot basement surrounded by hipsters (laughs) and listened to, like, an hour and a half of tiny lesbian haircut material. And, (laughs) yeah, I literally just found this out again a second ago. So, like, for real, um, we have to... We have to always be grateful and gracious to the people that pull us along the way in our lives and that man did that for me so r.i.p gary thinking about you holy shit what a what an intense way to start a stand-up show (laughs) but you need to share this burden with me i just found this out and i will also say i mean the dude you know made happy days and this is the dude that he is um You know, he not only was loving to me, he was super loving to my wife. So if you just think about, like, all of the human beings that he must have seen in his life and all the changes and to just be, like, 83 and, like, where is your beautiful wife? (laughs) 
I would like her to fly to Atlanta and do stand-up. And then she did. So uh, she flew to do stand-up for Gary as well. And you know what? She's also here tonight. Let's hear it for my co-host, my co-host on this show, Rhea Butcher. Let's hear it for Rhea. Hey, that's me. And you have a baseball hat on, which is perfect. I do have a baseball hat on. Thanks, you guys. Gary is such a good dude that his friends from college hung out on set the whole time we were shooting. Do you guys understand what I'm saying? <laughs> he went to Northwestern University in, out, uh, in Evanston, Illinois, and um, his, he, would, he wears Northwestern mm-hmm. gear the whole time. Oh, Northwestern hat and then like a purple sweater every day. And then his college buddies come to set and hang out like on a bench just like waiting for him between takes. Where is Gary to come over here? You're like, he... Mm-hmm. He's 80, he was 83 at the time. Yeah. That's a good friend. I don't talk to any of my college friends. That was like four years ago. I'm very young. Yeah. Just graduated? Yeah, I'm, I can't even... What's a loan? Four-year anniversary. You know I mean? Yeah, um, exactly. I'm in high school, actually. I'm uh-huh. in high school. All right, cool. No, but friends for like... I mean, he was good at keeping friends for more than 60 years, so it was amazing. And he was so kind to you. When yes, you he him. was very nice to me. So nice to you. He looked me in the face and said... You're very funny. And then kept walking. But that's like, all you want. That's one of the know? greatest like moments show, of my entire yeah, life. Exactly. He did send oh, it to you. He Gary you Marshall, yeah. creator of Laverne and Shirley and Happy Days and executive producer of A League of Their Own said, I'm very funny. And he's in Thank it. you. <laughs> I'm done. Yeah. And Pretty Woman. Yeah. He and Pretty, pretty Woman. woman. Uh, just to name a few of the things to that, name a few. that that dude did. So anyway... That's a cool dude who was really kind to me. Also, he was like, we have you in the movie because we wanted a real lesbian. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just telling it like it is. Because my wife in the movie, uh, Sarah Chalk, is a straight person in real life. And he was yeah. like, you're also- adding the lesbian angle <laughs> to your relationship. <laughs> I mean, truth be told, you're always adding the lesbian angle, adding the lesbian. too. Another thing that's very... It is a haircut joke. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Another thing that's so funny about this movie is, like, we had, like, 27 kissing scenes. Yes. Sarah and I had, like, so many kissing scenes. Constant kissing scenes. Constant yeah. kissing yeah. scenes uh, are all... Anyway. We had so many... That's we the weirdest s- Katie Lang impression. We went, like, high? Yeah, I don't, I don't know, know why. why you tried to go Super higher. weird. She's like a baritone. Lay down on my I don't know chair and let me on. shave you so I don't you can usually get back in your Katie Lang zone. Uh, that's a very specific <laughs> Katie Lang joke, and it's weird that you didn't get it. Are you okay? <laughs> um, anyway. Whatever. <laughs> I, oh, yeah, I have, like, 27... I had, like, 20... I, we shot, like, 27 kissing scenes, and no, none of them are in the movie. Zero. <laughs> we never kiss. Oh, oh for 27. I, I kiss her so many times. Yeah, yeah. Now, I feel like, did I suggest that? You know what I mean? I think maybe you like, did. Like, not... Because I... Because if they don't make him in the movie, like... Do I, do, do I have amnesia? And I was just like... Gary, we're kissing today, right? <laughs> Um, anyway. What a nice man. That's all. Great guy. What a nice man. Oh, fuck! Oh, that's ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, also not. I mean, he lived a very good and long yes, life. Yes, of course. But, fuck. That's not the right thing. No, Those you not, shouldn't have said it like word. that. <laughs> that's not what you meant. <laughs> 
don't think you meant that. Sometimes how you put the words in order. <laughs> sure. But I mean, if you flipped them, still... Oh. No, you're right. Still not appropriate for this moment. Yeah, you're right. I should have... Appropriate been, at some moments. Should have been either or. Yeah, should have been either moment. but or fuck. Yeah. Um, fuck, but... <laughs> Oh shit. <laughs> shit. Um yeah, yep, 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 yep. Yep. Well, we've been having a a real couple of days. Sure. Um oh, you know what happened? <laughs> <laughs> you know what happened? Why did you start holding the microphone here? This is a weird place to hold a microphone. Uh, why? You look like a Bob Barker? Like a porpoise. I don't know. You look like, like you're a doing porpoise? A Are you out of your mind? How does Who adult... Who a microphone like this? What is I this? I do. I'm trying to differentiate myself from you with my microphone holding. What? That is, is this weird? I, I don't noticed understand. that because I was looking at the footage from our television show, which oh, is called Take yeah. My Life. We'll be out uh, <laughs> August 11th and CISO. <laughs> Uh, our trailer debuted today. Yeah, it dropped. Our trailer debuted today. <laughs> we dropped it on Entertainment Weekly, and then you do not. <laughs> they go by EW, and I just I, uh, I know, I know. I, I know. love calling them you. Ew. <laughs> well, then what happened was the trailer was out, and I had had a phone conversation with EW and. Uh huh. The quote from the phone conversation was, Cameron Esposito says, no lesbians die in this show. <laughs> then that was the, that was the pull quote. headline of the article. The Not headline. pull quote, headline. Sorry. Sorry. Cameron Esposito says, no lesbians die in Take My Wife. That was literally on Entertainment Weekly today. And then, thanks to that quote, uh, I don't know how this happened, but Tegan and Sarah retweeted the trailer. So anyway, I retire. Because <laughs> they said, oh, LOL. Yeah. This show looks hilarious. We're watching it. That's Actually, what they said. I would imagine that they said, L, L, L. That is so good. That's really good. That was really funny. Thank you. That was really I funny. hope they hear this joke. I hope they hear it too. They probably won't. Listen, but. Tegan, if you're listening, put Sarah and vice versa I'm sure uh, anyway I had fun with that well what was happening this weekend we yeah. were busting ghosts yes we busted ghosts Apparently that movie was of you did. so good who saw it clap if you saw it a lot of people in the middle judgment from the outsides yeah. I thought that movie was awesome. I loved it. Yeah. Did you love it? Yeah, I threw my arms in the air a lot. We kept, well, <laughs> we saw it with mixed company, which means yeah. that there was some boys there and there was some there was straight one people. Bo- oh, two boys there. I and there forgot. were a yeah. lot of, then there were some queer people. Uh-huh. And Rhea and I were almost sitting in the aisle in front of our chairs because we were so excited every time Kate McKinnon was on screen. <laughs> so that was an interesting movie to see with, because we kept, I was, you're right, you were throwing your arms in the air and I was going, literally going, yes! <laughs> yes! Yes! <laughs> I thought it was very funny and extra spooky. Yeah, it was... 
scary? What was kids? the scariest part? Probably. What for me? I wasn't yeah. very scared by the movie. Why? I'm not. What do you to, mean? I. I you didn't find it to be scary? Not particularly. No. What about the ghost? Well, I, I will say this. I didn't find it to be scary because I knew going in, given that the title was Ghostbusters, that there would be ghosts oh, within oh, the film. Oh, 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 sure. Oh, sure. That's a ridiculous thing to say. <laughs> That's like saying, when, silence, when I saw Silence of the Lambs... <laughs> Please continue. I, <laughs> I wasn't scared because... I know about lotion. <laughs> that's very that's very scary movie Ghostbusters. Not the ghosts as much. I was telling our photographer Megan, you can clap for her. She's amazing. Brian is in the booth. He also is a producer on the show. You could keep it going for him. I was telling. Well, it's a good. It's just in the moment. I said to Megan, I said the scariest part, and I made her guess it, and she guessed so wrong. She guessed, like, was it the ghost? No, not I know, the ghost. Can I guess? Yeah. When the door opens. Yes, that's when it was. It's when the door opens, you guys. No, it's not when the door opens. It's when they're, the basement door in the haunted house yeah. that is Zach Woods works there. Yeah, and it's and a door, the and the door opens. opens, and it's just a hole, and you're like, what's in there? That's the worst part of the movie. Yeah. That's so scary. You don't know what's in there. Nothing scarier than that. <laughs> nothing scarier than not knowing. Yeah, exactly. Speaking of nothing scarier than not knowing, the RNC is happening right now. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> Opening a, a door and there just being a black hole. Yeah. Basically the same thing. Oh, my God. We, I was furious last night. Furious. Furious. When they used We Are the Champions. Oh, yeah, that was... No, fuck off those people. You can't use that song. You can't have the worst platform for LGBT Americans and then also be like, this song is relatable to us. You know what that song is about? Freddie Mercury. You know what else that song is about? But fuck! Yes. <laughs> Indeed it is. And those fuck butts used it. Exactly. <laughs> you can't use it! You know, after marriage equality happened... And then yeah. you and I were driving in the car. Do you remember we... The, it was the first song we heard. Yeah. After Marriage Equality was We Are the Champions. And I understood it for the first time. Me too. As a person. Because it's, I realized it was not just a theme song for the Mighty Ducks. No. <laughs> no, it's not about sports at all. It's about knowing who you are and then being cool about it. <laughs> it's about We Are the Champions because... Everybody says that we're yeah. super gay, and I don't care. Yeah. I've, I've got tight pants. Mm -hmm. So I was very furious about that. And then, thank God, also, the Melania Trump thing happened, mm -hmm. because it was like, yes. actually kind of, I will say, as a comic last night, that was a... First of all, I actually feel for her a little bit. Mm, don't. I'm sorry. Actually... <laughs> did yesterday and then I completely changed my mind. <laughs> Tell me what changed your mind. I you know want what, to be you know hardened. What, you know what actually changed my mind is what? the history of uh, 
not just white people stealing from black people, but white women stealing from black women and how yeah, specific it is. You're and right. So that is actually, I ha- I don't have any sympathy for her. No. Okay. Will I take her down based on her looks or her profession or any of that stuff? Not at all. But I think it's garbage that she did that as a person to stand on the stage. I mean, we don't even know if she and- did it. What I mean is no, she, she did, did it. it. <laughs> she absolutely did it. No, but are you, I just you mean, here's my question though. You think that she had knowledge of what was in that speech and where it came from? Absolutely. 100%. I don't on this is this is how I feel about it. I what's think going she did that. Okay. Also, that, if it was I will, a speech writer, I will believe don't give that. a shit. To no, me, there's I, no difference. I will fully believe that she did know and I will also fully mm-hmm. believe that she didn't know and I think both of them are as troubling. Like either she's a terrible terrible person who is absolutely doing what you're talking about stealing from like a much more interesting person. <laughs> Our first lady, Michelle Obama, who is very fucking cool. <laughs> Or the other side of that is like that she doesn't even care, right? Like that she yeah. doesn't even know what she's reading and that she's just like, yes, my husband is very nice to me. You know, like it's... Because I, I know she is using... I understand the English as a second language thing, but there sure. did seem to be like a real sort of like a disconnect to just talking about her husband. That's when I was like, you know, do we need to get you out of here sort of a situation. <laughs> I mean, I think the answer to that is absolutely yes. Yeah, sure. we need to get her out of there. No, get... I know. I feel that's the only reason I felt every felt for woman her. out of there. Yeah, get every woman, every and woman get out of there. Everybody out of there. Get them all that's out of not there. Like just looking at the pans to the audience when people are like, I don't know if you guys watched tonight, but Chris Christie's like, we're like, what should we do with Hillary Clinton? And then it turns to the they pan to the audience and people are like, Like, yeah, it's actually bonkers to see white people, like, think they have no one around to shame them. Like, they right. don't even realize how sh- they, because there's, like, clearly safety in that convention hall, so they don't realize that everybody else is watching going, like, oh, oh, my, oh, no, like, oh, no, no, none of this. <laughs> I mean, I think they are losing themselves the election right now. I think that, like, oh, pre, for sure. pre, before this convention, I really thought, like, maybe, like, a terrifying thing is going to happen and a racist is going to be the, pre- the president because he won't show himself as a racist and he's going to accidentally get in because people aren't going to know what's happening. But if you watch the convention at all, it's just, like, it really is people just sweating through their shirts with, like, yeah. get out of my bathroom! I'm a white man and everyone is equal to my bathroom straight marriage like it's so crazy what they're saying yeah my religion is and also you know like what are you talking about yeah but every single person every single person that is in the queue the quick and loans arena in cleveland that is screaming all this stuff what they're actually screaming is i'm terrified like that's it just like a bunch of terrified people that think something's been taken away from them right. and all that's been taken away all, all is their feeling of control. Like that's right. that's yep. the only thing they've lost is like a feeling of control no, right, over everything. Yeah. Anyway. Right. Well, the good news is um, that's not a majority of Americans. Because it's also like, I mean, if you really think about it, because it really has become like a straight white dude show. 
on C-SPAN right now with the RNC. Like, that is what's hey, happening. But they did have Trump's general manager of his winery, who is a woman. So it's not all straight white men. <laughs> that was a speaker at the Republican National Convention. The general manager of Trump winery. What did she have to say? She was like, he's a great boss. I don't know. I couldn't pay attention to what she was saying. The general manager of a winery. What women do you know? Name any women, Donald. Name a woman. My Name daughter. Any women. My other daughter. Name a woman. My first do you know wife. Any women? My second wife. I don't know. Yeah. My third wife. Uh, the general manager of my wine. That shits. one. We'll do that one. We'll do that one. Get her in it. Get her in it. Put her in the thing. What's her name? I don't know. I call her a woman. Great. Perfect. I call them all Ivanka. Yeah. Every woman I know, they're all Ivanka. <laughs> Shit. Also, his son was, uh, I think, the keynote speaker of the night. I'm not... Junior was talking. And he was, descri- he was saying that his dad taught his granddaughter how to play golf, that Donald Trump taught his granddaughter how to play golf. And that's supposed to like make us think he's a human being somehow. <laughs> but I just keep imagining him teaching his granddaughter to golf, which is like a toddler, and just grabbing a nine iron and being like, here, swing, and just leaving. <laughs> and then and just she's a baby like, like, I can't, this is huge. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny, you that's, are, you're missing it, but. It's baby hair in the wind. <laughs> believe that it is okay to take someone down based on their looks obviously except for donald obviously but when somebody says i have normal hair (laughs) and they don't have normal hair i don't trust them at all i would never say that about myself i've never said that one time my hair is fucked up i'm an honest person it goes to one side i don't know where it comes out of either that's a great question these are the things I expect from myself and a presidential candidate. Yeah. Hair truth. Hair truth. Hair truth. You guys, that's Rio Butcher. That's Cameron Esposito. <laughs> oh, you guys, well, we were wonderful. And if you liked us, <laughs> you're going to love the rest of the show, including our first comic coming up right now. Let's hear it right now for Zach Sims. Give it up for Zach. <laughs> Oh, Cameron and Rhea, everybody. Cameron and Rhea. Oh, I'm happy to be here. You guys seem fun. Um, Oh, here's a question up top. Is anybody else dealing with the crushing realization that you're trying your best? (laughs) Anybody swimming in that? I'm fine. I have a lot of anxiety. It's a problem, you know. Everybody does. It's terrifying to be alive. I have, I have the social anxiety. That's what I have. That's like the new hot one now. You know? Like, everybody's got that. Like, what would you rather have happen? Would you rather have to fight a lion in the Coliseum or bump into somebody you kind of know at Target? What's the worst fate <laughs> for you? You know, I know I'm going to get at a lion. He's just going to murder me. He's not going to ask me what I've been up to with some fucking attitude. <laughs> I'm doing fine. I know I learn things from my anxiety, though. It teaches me things. Like, I've learned that I can tell how much fun I am having at a party 
by how quickly I start to think about what I'm going to eat after it. It's like a fun <laughs> indicator. You know, oh, it's a pretty good party. I didn't think about ice cream for like two hours. <laughs> and then after that, I can't think about anything else. Once I make that decision, that's all my brain is doing. Like, I could be talking to somebody there telling me about their sick mom. And in my head, I'm just like, eh, it's going to have chocolate in it. <laughs> Probably like a, a brownie, I'm thinking. Ben and Jerry's. That's what we're talking about. I am a uh, single man. Aggressively single would be a good way to put that. <laughs> I've been single for a while. Starting to spend too much time alone. Starting to become the kind of guy I don't want to be. Too much time in my head. Like, you start becoming the kind of guy who, like, thinks about wearing a vest, you know? Or, like, <laughs> the kind of guy who, like, has to clear my web history so I don't see it. You know, bad stuff. <laughs> you don't want. This is how I feel about internet pornography. Seems like a good place to talk about it. I would like... There'd be ads on those websites that are not for sex perverts. You know, good boys like to come too. That's my motto. <laughs> you know, I'm a nice young man. Enjoy a lovely evening out with a nice young lady. But sometimes I also need to spew my demon seed <laughs> so I can bump up against somebody at Starbucks without bursting in the flames. <laughs> you know, and I get it. You're in the smut business. You got to make a few bucks. But the ads, they're so aggressive. It's always just like, fucking old lady. Anonymous Asians are thirsty for your dong. You know, I'm not a monster. I just did my laundry and want a reward. That's all that's going on. Like, when I am done with this act, this is the one clear thought I will have all day. Just give me something I can use. You know, I just want to be able to be like, oh, oh, I'm enjoying this lady's doing. Oh, yeah, oh, I like, look at this lady right now. Look forward to doing this to a lady soon. Oh, that'll be, ah! Oh, maybe I should get my associate's degree. That is a good idea. <laughs> I always uh, end up going out with girls who are more experienced than me. Can be can be a good thing. Can also be the opposite of that. Like, one time I was getting drinks with this lady. About halfway through the first drink, she told me she was really into orgies. She's an orgy girl, which is great. God bless you. Sounds awesome. But personally, I just started doing it without a shirt, so we're not really on the same page. You know. <laughs> I'm not ready for the dark arts, if you will. I could never be an orgy anyway. I don't have money for all the thank you cards. Let's just send afterwards. Let's those things out. Sometimes you find out they're more experienced, and it's too late. You know? I'm just realizing that I did not want to do that part of the joke at all. It's about a lady putting her finger up my butt. You guys can have fun with what that could be. But that's as much fun as we're going to have with it. There's a ring pop reference at one point. Put it together. Well, that's a fun little puzzle for you guys to solve later. It can be hard. I don't know. I don't have money for dates these days. I'm very broke. Just going to go right into this. I'm a very broke person. I'm like the broke friend in my friend group now. That's happened. I'm like having to like downgrade their plans so they like fit my price bracket, you know? So them being like, hey, Zach, we thought this weekend we'd go to Vegas. Oh, it'll be awesome. Yeah, we'll go to Vegas, stay at this tremendous hotel, go to this all-you-can-eat, all-you-can-drink buffet, then we're just going to gamble the night away. And I'm like, oh, yeah, no, we could do that. Or I thought maybe we could take a bus down to the river and look at it would be an option. 
Like, you know you're broke when everything you do for fun is just shit Huck Finn used to do. That's a good sign. <laughs> Shouldn't have a lot of money. But I want to be successful. But I've realized as you get older, you just kind of lower your concept of success. You know? Like, I just want to be rich and famous. Big house, fancy car. Now, I just want to look good in hats. <laughs> and be able to buy pancakes without checking my bank balance first. That's all I care about. <laughs> and I don't know if it's going to... I don't know, like... I, know, I don't know what success... I know what a successful person's house looks like. That's what I know. That's what I've learned. They have things that I didn't know were possible. You go in their house, sell things like multiple boxes of cereal. <laughs> Not even bags, boxes. <laughs> Just at the ready. Or like motivational phrases all over their house. Just on random objects, you know? They'll have just like a clock that says go strongly in the direction of your dreams. Or like a fridge magnet that says do your best and better will follow. That's a lot of pressure. Definitely looking at that all the time. I can't handle that. I still need like you're doing fine phrases in my apartment, you know? Just like a throw pillow that says a nap is not a failure. Be nice. <laughs> or like a fridge magnet, but it just says other people are grosser than you. you know? It's good to remind yourself. I'll talk about my family before I leave. When my dad was my age... He was, had like a sports injury. He was like throwing a ball around with some buddies. He got hit in the crotch. He didn't do anything about it. After a while, there's a lot of pain, a lot of swelling. He eventually had to have a testicle removed. Sure, very funny, of course. <laughs> I found this out about a month ago, and it explained everything that's ever happened to me in my entire life. Like, like I'm clearly the product of a one-ball pregnancy. You know what I mean? Like, like this doesn't come out of two natural testicles. You know, like, I'll give you an example. Like When I was in high school, there was this girl I liked a lot, and instead of ever talking to her, I wrote a screenplay about her. <laughs> you know, that's a one-ball move, if we're going to be honest. <laughs> it was Broken Arrow, so it worked out in the end. <laughs> hey, guys, have a good night. I just wanted to share with you guys this thing that happened to me last week, I guess. I ordered a bunch of bras off of the internet from a store called Victoria's Secret. <laughs> Someone is so stressed out. <laughs> I order from there because they, they've, just, they've never done me wrong. Over the years, I just order Victoria's Secret. I'm a Vicky's gal. You wouldn't expect it from whatever this outfit is. <laughs> Going on a fishing trip, guy. <laughs> that I would order from Victoria's Secret, but I'm a Vicky's gal. So I decided recently, like, hey, you know what? You should order a couple of bras <laughs> because I just had a bra and then my other bra. <laughs> That's how many bras I've had for about 20 years. <laughs> just my bra... And I got my other bra. That's like it. So when I wash that one, I guess I'm wearing the other one. And then I wash that one, and I'm wearing my bra. Because there's like a primetime one. And then there's, you know, there's the relief picture. You got your starting rotation, then you got your relief. 
So I decided to buy four bras. So I had my bra, my bra, my brother and me. <laughs> Damn it, that's so funny to me. Anyway, so I ordered four bras. And then they got here so fast. Like, my phone was like, hey, your bras are here. And I was like, holy shit, this is amazing. So I went home, and I found the package, and it was ripped open. And I asked Cameron, I was like, hey, did you open this? Just, like, wondering. And she was like, no. I was like, no, I didn't mean, I just, I just wondered if you opened it, because it's open. And she was like, no, I didn't open it. I was like, okay, cool. Because I was just wondering, it's open, and it has things I'm going to wear on my body in an intimate way, so I just wondered if you opened it, because I would be fine with that, but... Apparently someone else did, and now I'm very stressed. <laughs> because what I realized is that person was like, whoever that person was saw a bag that was like, Victoria's Secret, and then ripped it open to like be super excited about it, and then just was like, four nude bras? Full coverage, come on. <laughs> and just left it there. I basically ordered the cargo shorts of bras. <laughs> And this person was like, mm, damn it. And just had to keep walking along, opening other people's bra bags. So that's my bra story. Thanks for listening. You guys ready for some more comics? Yeah! Awesome. This next comic is in town from Chicago, and we did stand-up together in Chicago. I think he is so funny. I'm so glad he's here, and it's his first time on the show. So let's give him a huge warm of, appla- warm of applause. You get it. A huge warm of applause for Martin Morrow, please. Yeah. One more time for Ria. I do, I do live in Chicago, a very scary city, if you know anything about it. Uh, I, I realize I'm 100% flight over flight, fight over flight. That is me all the way. Almost got mugged recently. That happened to me. Where this guy popped out of an alleyway. He had on a ski mask. He had his hand in his pocket like this. And he goes, hey, don't try and run. (laughs) So I took off running. (laughs) And when I made it to a safe destination, I was like, wow. How much I just ruined his self-esteem as a mugger. (laughs) He gave me one job. He was like, hey, don't do this thing. I was like, I'm going to do that thing. I gotta save my money. <laughs> I get caught in a lot of situations too, like against better judgment, where I have to call the police, which I hate because they're bad right now and forever. Uh, outside of like the Andrew Griffith show, that's the only time police have been great. Uh, but uh, we had a situation recently. I was, I was hanging out at my girlfriend's place. It's three in the morning, and there's this guy who is outside on the street, and he keeps getting in and out of his car, right? And he keeps yelling at people and trying to start fights. So I'm like, all right, time to call the cops because this can't be a thing that's supposed to happen. So I call him up, and I'm like, hey, there's a dude who's being very belligerent. He's trying to start fights on the streets. He, he's also in and out of a car. You guys might want to send someone down. And they're like, okay, well, is he black, white, or Latino? That's what they asked. Is he black, white, or Latino? And I said, oh, he's white. And they're like, okay, we'll, we'll send someone. So I waited by the window for like five minutes, then 10 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes. This guy takes off. The whole time, no cop showed up. I was like, wow, that is white privilege right there. The fact... They just could just get away with that. And then I thought about it a little bit longer, and I was like, why didn't they name, name, name Asian people in that group? <laughs> right, like, white privilege, one thing. Fuck that. I want Asian privilege now. Where I'm not even on the roster. That, that is what I want. That upper echelon right there. 
I have a lot of weird things with uh, race because I'm originally from Birmingham, Alabama. Yeah, I escaped. Uh, I don't like going home for various reasons. Number one is because Alabama's just known for like college football and racism. Those are our two main exports. Number two is because I have a stepdad, right? Does anybody else here have stepparents make some noise? Okay, cool. You see how sad those claps were just now? Nobody ever likes their stepparents. Mine's no different. I got a stepdad. My stepdad is an alcoholic, London-born Nigerian. You've probably got some of his emails before. <laughs> and he does this thing where he get drunk in the car off a of boxed wine. And then he'll blast his African music super loudly. But the music never matches the tone that he sets for it. So every song's like, um, da, um, da, da, um, yeah, um, yeah. And he's like, Martin, Martin, this song is about Ugandan genocide. I'm like, oh my God. There's some happy genocides they're having. Who's leading the charge? It's insane. He does this too, anytime I stay with him, at like two in the morning, he'll sneak his way down to his computer and then just will blast reggae music, right, for six hours straight. And the issue is I'm never sure if that's just one song or if that's like several songs because every reggae song sounds the exact same, right? Every single one's like, Check it, ba 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 da ra da da go Then you put it in the pot and it's ra da da go Let's go! Check it, ba ba da ra da da go Then it's going down your throat and it's ra da da go Let's go! Chicky biggy baggy and the biggie biggie bay And you put it in the pot and you smoke it with a hey, hey! All right. <laughs> A lot is happening here. I feel like now the only cool part about going home is seeing my grandpa. My grandpa just turned 92 years old, which is dope. It's good for him. Uh, he's making it. Uh. So I like to ask him just like stuff about his life because my grandpa's never left the city of Birmingham, Alabama. Like he's never been on a plane, any of that. He's been in Alabama his whole life. So I went home to see him for his birthday, and I was like, Grandpa. You lived, you've lived in Alabama your whole life, right? Like, you've seen everything. You got to see the civil rights movement live and in person, right? You saw, like, the dogs and the fire hoses and the prequel to the police being terrible. What was that like? And he goes, I don't know. <laughs> and I was like, how do you not know? And he goes, well, I saw what they were doing on the news, so I didn't go down there. I was like, that makes sense. <laughs> Fight or flight, I completely get it, dude. Maybe you're more of a cat person. I don't know your history. <laughs> Figuring it out together. I think, too, is maybe a generational thing, because I grew up in, like, just a completely different era, right? Like, I am a child of the 90s and 2000s. That's when I grew up. Like, I love the show TRL. Total Request Live is easily my favorite show <laughs> in television history. I think it's the greatest show. But I like it for very different reasons, right? Like, if you remember watching TRL, number one slot was always like, Backstreet Boys, NSYNC, Britney Spears. The number two would be like, Corn, Limp Biscuit, Kid Rock. And you're watching, like, who is voting for that? It was always me. Every single time. I just love that, just like, overly aggressive music of a bunch of dudes who look like a pack of cigarettes who just became people, right? Music video is just full of rage and obvious questions. She's like, You ever have to work while you're at your job? Like, wait, what? What? Hey, dude, that's how jobs work. That's the business cycle in motion right there. 
My favorite, though, was emo music, like pop punk, like Good Charlotte and Fall Out Boy, <laughs> Panic of the Disco. I loved all those because it looked like if a Hot Topic and a Spencer's Gift went out on a date <laughs> and they had sex, but then like got accidentally pregnant, and then like what the product that comes out is this dude who's like 30 years old with a lip ring. You can see both of his balls through both sides of his jeans, right? <laughs> And he just belts out that tune of like non sequiturs and teen angst and shit. He's like, My life rejoins you. It wishes that you could just sink your infidelity back in who I am this week. But if you were in my shoes, then you might just fall apart because you're always in my heart because you are my energy. Like, oh, God. <laughs> And the rest of the band is going crazy in the background, like. <laughs> they come back to him, he's like, I hate my stepdad! I hate my stepdad! I hate my fucking, this guy gets me, we're bonding right now. <laughs> hey, thank you guys so much. You've been Martin Moe. Enjoy your night. That's where I'm from. I'm from Chicago. Nice to see the people that, you know, from your spot, right? Where are you from? from You're from Brooklyn. Do you live here now? That's far, right? That's far. The whole country. <laughs> the whole thing. The whole thing. How's L.A.? Warm. <laughs> Correct, yeah. <laughs> Although, Brooklyn in the summer, also warm. Uh, it is worse. You know why? Because of the trash in New York. It is bonkers what's going on with the trash in New York. Have you guys been to New York in the summer? Like any part of New York? Yes. Either Manhattan or Brooklyn? And the, I mean, I guess Brooklyn might be a little bit better because are there alleys in Brooklyn at all? Yeah. There's alleys. Manhattan is like, what is going on here in the summer? That is the feeling in Manhattan. There's no alleys. I'm from Chicago. There's alleys in Chicago. You know where your trash goes? It goes in the alley. Goes on the alley in a container. In New York, it goes on the street next to a fruit stand. <laughs> and then people just buy fruit at the fruit stand, and then they just eat it, sitting on the bag of trash. And it, <laughs> does, it does not smell good. And this is also Broadway, and we are at a Broadway show. <laughs> so it's a lot of stuff. What brought you out here? Um, to get away. Yeah. Yeah, to get out of the... That's right. That's right. Where are you from? L.A. L.A.? And do, have, have you lived here the whole time? I actually lived in Brooklyn for seven years. Did, did you guys meet there? No, we met here. You met here. But it is interesting how similar your stories are. <laughs> <laughs> you grew up in L.A.? Like in L.A. proper? The Valley. In the Valley. Yes. Yeah. I, yeah, I know it. <laughs> I know about it. Studio City. Are you, was your family in the industry as well? Uh, no, not really. 
No, not really. You just lived in Studio City it, with a, with a, in a family. <laughs> a different, and like a... Re, what it, what did, if you don't mind me asking, what jobs did... I guess my parents did work, kind of. What kind of? What did they, what did they do? <laughs> my dad did voiceovers. Yeah, that's... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally in the industry, for sure. <laughs> like, actually in, yeah. In. <laughs> that's how from LA you are you're like no honestly we had like a separate job entirely he was a voiceover artist (laughs) you're like that's the same thing it is oh what are the other jobs dentist (laughs) is one why did you live in Brooklyn what was that what were you doing out there you went to school in New York and how was that I loved it yeah. Yeah. Sure. 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 I feel like though it is weird in LA. People talk about winter a lot. I mean, I guess I understand how like Game of Thrones got like pitched out, and people were like, "That is fucking scary as shit." People talk about winter in LA, just like, "Oh man, you either make it or you don't." Winter. You know, like it's like. Like there are there are coats <laughs> and indoors, you know. So I actually think LA is very brutal because I'm not used to the whatever's happening with the sun here. What is happening with the sun? It is a hotter sun, right? Why is the sun hot? Where are the trees? When you're on the street, you're just you're burning up. <laughs> You're turning into a bleached skeleton. And also, you're the only one that's on the street because everyone else is in their car going, why are you on the street? (laughs) Or you meet one other person. Let's say you're walking down the street. Let's say you are on the sidewalk. You meet one other person in L.A. They're also walking on the sidewalk. And then that person just goes like, uh... I guess we have to move home because... People in L.A. are not great at solving problems. <laughs> like in New York, you would just be like, oh, you're in the sidewalk facing me and I am walking this way. Boom! Killed ya! Like, in Chicago, you just pass on the right. In New York, you kill the person. In L.A., you're just like, I, this is, we're in an impasse. Do you have a cigarette? <laughs> Honestly, though, I'm like trying to get off of them. Like, can you vape? Do you, wanna, do you have anything I could vape with? <laughs> just like, let's just hang out here. We'll figure out a plan. <laughs> Actually, honestly, I'm going to call an Uber from here and I'll see if they'll take me around. <laughs> you. Hi, yeah, no, I had a meeting, but I can't make it. <laughs> She's on the phone with her manager. The character was. What kind of a phone is this? Actually, this is more LA, too. Oh, yeah, I have a meeting, but I can't make it. Loud noises from a private conversation that nobody cares about anymore. The younger generation, it is weird. I am 34, and so I'm not an old person, but I am right at the point where, like, I don't understand the way younger people use technology. Like, for instance, being on constant speakerphone is, like, a, is, is mind-blowing to me because uh, conversations are private, Sometimes. 
Like you, like surely there are things that you say that you can't be like, what? No, say it louder. I'm in public. Everybody else is on speakerphone. Actually, you're talking to the other person on their speakerphone. I'll hold him up. I don't understand that. Pokemon Go is a scourge. <laughs> Terrible. I mean, liter- do you know that we live in a world where, where uh, Auschwitz has been like, please stop capturing Pokemon here. <laughs> that, and people are like, well, I mean, I don't know. I feel like you're kind of encroaching on my freedom, Auschwitz. <laughs> Do you know that's happening? It's <laughs> terrifying. So yeah, we gotta be better. <laughs> gotta be better like 34-year-olds are. 34-year-olds are so slick. We know how to use half of technology. Unless you're my wife, she knows how to use all of our stuff. I don't know how to use most of our stuff, but I can go, turn it on! And that seems to work. Because <laughs> the stressful thing is, like, we have a TV in it. I don't know what it's connected to. A little bunch of boxes in. One of them is for Apple TV or... The other one goes to baseball games. I don't know. (laughs) But I was sort of fine with it, and then she got a sound bar, which is a speaker that's very skinny, and that has a separate remote, and sometimes it just turns off. And then I will try to turn on the TV, then I can't remember what turns on the sound, then I watch silent TV. Then I'm like, I don't know how anybody ever dealt with silent pictures long enough to give us regular TV. And then I just turn it off. Go watch lesbian YouTube videos on my phone with my noise-canceling headphones on. Or the hearing protection that she got me. I'm also very sensitive to sounds. And last year, Rio was like, I got you a present. And then... She brought in a box from Amazon. We get boxes from Amazon to our house all the time, and they're usually things that do one teeny device. Like, right now, there's something at our house that shaves your couch, and okay. (laughs) Maria's like, it's very helpful! So, anyway, she was shaving our couch, and... But I was like, honestly, I don't think our couch needs to conform to gender like that. Um... Yeah, so she was like, I got you a present, and she handed it to me, and it was um, air traffic controller earmuffs, <laughs> which could have been offensive, but I was like, fuck yes! 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 And she was like, you're yelling. <laughs> okay, you guys. Well, I've been very funny. Um, we have additional show, which is great news. I mean, honestly, we've given you enough. But the good news is there's so much more, including this next comic. Now, it's her first time on the show. Whenever it's somebody's first time on the show, we go bonkers for them. So let's hear it right now for Anna Gilchrist. Give it up for her. Come on. (laughs) 
doing? <laughs> hey, it's so bright. <laughs> it's the brightest uh, stage I've ever been on. I can't see any of you. It's fantastic. <laughs> Guys, I've recently accepted something. Um, I've accepted the fact that I'm not attractive without makeup on. <laughs> it's fine. It's a thing, though. Like, you know... The women who, like, wake up in the morning and they're like, I just don't think I'll wear that today. That'll be fine for me. Like, I could not be further from that. I literally woke up this morning and I was like, better get ready for my show at UCB. And then I stepped into a skin suit <laughs> and proceeded to do my makeup for ten and a half hours. <laughs> like, this is the biggest lie. I've, I don't look like this. It's not even my face. I don't even... Th- I don't think me... Without makeup is, like, the worst thing ever. I just think people see me and they're like, oh, look at that handsome brother. He looks well. <laughs> He's doing okay. A couple weeks ago, I was at work. Actually, I bartend next door at Franklin. Uh, and I, I, I didn't wear makeup, because you know, who the fuck cares? And um, this guy had ordered drinks with me at the bar, but then he had left, and he was ordering drinks with the server, and nobody knew who had his tab. And as he came up to the bar and started describing like what was going on, he points directly at me and goes, I don't know, I closed out with him earlier. <laughs> I was like, oh, do we, uh, do we mind if I take five, go in the back, kill myself really quick? Is that all right? Does that work out for everybody? Great. <laughs> I can't blame him, though. I recently got a haircut, uh, a very drastic haircut. I went into the salon. The woman was like, what do you want? And I was like, I don't care, something cute. And she was like, Hillary Clinton, you got it. <laughs> That's exactly what this is. I'm embracing it. It's relevant. It's in the zeitgeist. It's fine. Do we have any? Uh, do we have any pet owners in here? Pet owners? I'm sorry. Do we have any dog? I don't. I don't give a shit about your cat. Do we have any dog owners in here? Yeah. I can't see. I'm going to point. What dog do you have? What kind of dog is it? Yeah, you. Oh my god, that's great. That's amazing. You're a hero. But I rescued a pit bull, so I'm kind of like more of a hero, you know what I'm saying? I like to brag about that. And she's like a beautiful, she's gorgeous. People stop me all the time on the street. They're like, oh my god, your dog is beautiful. I have this friend who works in casting, and she was actually like, you know, you should honestly consider getting your dog a commercial agent. And I was like, if my animal books a commercial before I do I'm giving her back I am dropping her off at the closest kill shelter I can find okay relax alright she's a young beautiful working actress they won't put her down until she's in her 40s um it's reality it hurts but it's true Anybody doing any juice cleanses in here? Yeah, you're all liars. These people are telling the truth. We all live in L.A. It's fine. Everyone's doing it. You do, are you doing it right now? Yes. That's, yes? I'm looking. Somebody like yelled up there, and I'm like, yeah, you did a juice cleanse? I'm actually just blind. I'm lying to all of you. I'm like, wow, it's really bright up here. I like walk off stage. I recently quit a juice cleanse. Big move. Big things are happening for me. I quit. <laughs> um, I did the master cleanse. Do we know about the master cleanse? Okay, for those of you who don't know, the master cleanse, it's like a seven-day all-liquid diet. And basically what you do is you put um, cayenne pepper, 
lemon juice and maple syrup into a cup and then um and then you just cry into it <laughs> you just keep crying until you get a bit apparently i have no idea apparently you burn the most calories crying which is great i mean i should be a, a model you know <laughs> anyway um <laughs> so you keep crying it's usually not as sad that joke does better but that did sound really sad when i said <laughs> I'll, I'll end up to that you cry, you get about eight ounces of liquid, and then you drink it, but then here's the kicker, you almost immediately uh, throw it back up because you just uh, drink your own tears. So it's great. <laughs> Works like a charm. I lost a ton of weight. But then what happened was on the third day of the cleanse, I totally remembered last minute. I was like, ah, you know what? Fuck, I'm a mammal. I can't <laughs> do this. It's insane. So now what I do instead is I... Um, I eat food. <laughs> Just eat stuff. Um, this is, people are batshit crazy. Like, this is a thing that thousands of people are doing. They're just, it's just not eating. It's just fancy, expensive anorexia. That's what it is. Like, I literally, on the third day of my cleanse, and this is true, I fell asleep at a traffic stop, woke myself back up, drove home, Looked in the mirror, said out loud, I look good. <laughs> Fainted, shit my pants. Like, that's just... Whatever it takes. <laughs> I told my model friend that story, and she was like, you know what, good for you, okay? That just means it's working. <laughs> uh, I've recently... This is kind of a thing for me. I've recently uh, uh, made friends. That's not how I tell that joke, usually. I don't remember. Uh, but I've made, I made friends. Um, this is kind of a big thing, because like, I I've sort of, when I first moved here, I had a hard time like finding girls that I wanted to hang out with. And I found some. And they're cool. They're fine. Um... <laughs> They're so, uh, they're so skinny, you know? It's just like everybody, they're just, they like do Bikram and like drink roots. And uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm from the Midwest. I like to eat food and be drunk at least 100% of every day of <laughs> my life that I'm alive. So it's hard to relate. But I was talking to one recently and she was like, oh my God, last night I got so drunk. I ate so much food. And I was like, bitch. Me too. <laughs> Let's talk about this. I was like, what'd you eat? Talk to me about it. She was like, no, I don't want some bear. I don't want to die. I was like, okay, no, no, no. Like, you tell me what you ate last night. I'll tell you what I ate. She was like, okay. Last night, I made an heirloom tomato salad <laughs> from scratch. Whipped up this nice balsamic vinaigrette. Made enough for the entire week. Each serving under 200 calories. I don't even know how I did it. She was like, what about you? What'd you eat? I was like, oh, um, I dipped bread in ice cream. <laughs> I literally made an ice cream sandwich. <laughs> she was like, oh, I don't do lactose or gluten because um, I eat clean. I was like, oh, I don't eat clean because um, I'm an American. <laughs> You guys, thank you so much. That is my time. Anna Gilchrist, you guys. Oh, man, we have two more comics on the show. How do you guys feel about that? So fantastic. This next comic, hey, guess what? He's in our show we were talking about. 
he plays a big part in our TV show on CISO called Take My Wife, starring Cameron Esposito and myself, Rio Butcher. Can you believe it? <laughs> he is also a friend of the show and just absolutely so funny. You guys, please give a huge round of applause to Matt Bronger. Bronger, my friend, and yours. Oh, you guys, we got one final comic on the show tonight, and uh, I love him. What an amazing human being and also comic. You're going to laugh your fucking heads off. Let's hear it right now for Eric Dorian. Give it up for Eric. Oh, my God. My nipples just got hard here in that Navy ship story. <laughs> Steering a Navy ship on acid. I know what it's like. One time I was at Coachella and I was on m mushrooms and, and uh, ecstasy at the same time. And then Bjork came out dressed as a cabbage. <laughs> wow. That was insane. I want to do a very long call back to Ghostbusters. Is it spooky or not? I was a little spooked. I was a little... The oh no, spoilers. Well, you should have seen it in the opening weekend. <laughs> let's just say, let's put it this way. I hope Hillary uh, wins the opening weekend box office in November. Because <laughs> then we're going to be... DNC, uh, the RNC is happening right now. Oh, fuck, I forgot to take my shoes off. I am doing this thing where I'm taking my shoes off. I don't want to fuck them up. I just got them. Reebok.com. Can't... <laughs> Can't go wrong. Go over there. Go over there. It's perfect. I know my socks are really cute. Stance.com. Go there. Go there after that. Um, <laughs> I read this about the RNC today. It broke uh, a world's record. Most dudes dressed like the Joker. At the RNC. Ever. It's nuts, huh? Isn't that weird? Let's get started. Uh, <laughs> let's get started now. Quickly before the funny stuff. Um, is there any... Did anybody else here go to Juilliard? Just me. Okay, good. Because uh, there's, there's always people who went to Juilliard who know that I went to Juilliard and they follow me around. They always ask me to dance and I said, I can't dance anymore. Uh, I won't dance. It's too dangerous. Too dangerous for me to dance. Uh, I dance too much. I used to dance and drive all the time. Uh, one time I was dancing and driving, uh, and Gloria Stefan came up and almost killed my girlfriend and I. I was driving. The rhythm almost got us. The rhythm <laughs> almost got us. We, uh, speaking of, of death, is that too dark? Is, should I talk about lunch instead? Lunch is, is lunch lighter? Is, I just want a light lunch. Lunch and death have a lot of similarities. You think about it, it's like, when am I going to die? Right? Life's questions. When's lunch? Right? Can we nail that down? Um, it's too dark. It's too dark, death. Lunch? A little lighter. Uh, my friend... My friend the other day, uh, you know when your friend, well, they'll just ask you stuff. Um, my nipples aren't hard. My, my nipples aren't, they're not hard anymore. 
Are they? Yes, they are. Um, <laughs> my friend the other day was like, are you hungry? And I said, I'm not hungry. Uh, you know when you're not hungry, but you could eat? You're not hungry. I'm not hungry, I could eat. That's how I feel about death. That's how I, I don't, I don't want to die. I don't want to die, but I could die. You know what I mean? It's 2016. I'm a cis straight white male. I look like this in Los Angeles. I could go. That's good. I'm good. <laughs> Not there, is it? So I'm doing this other, I'm doing this new thing, Googling it. it uh, get on Google, perfect. I said, let me Google this. What is it? What is that? What is that? You don't want to die, but you could die. Googled it. Clinical depression. Came back clinical. <laughs> clinical depression. Uh, keep on Googling. I keep on Googling. And uh, learn this about, about clinical depression. Everybody who suffers from clinical depression has the same blood type. B negative. <laughs> Rhea, Rhea, is it hips, then hands? Is it... Yeah, yeah, your hands follow your hips. Um, home run. Home run. Um, stuck the landing. Stuck it. Then, uh, been thinking a lot lately. Thinking about driving. Um, I get high and just drive. Just kidding. Um... I was thinking about this. Uh, who you are when you're driving, who you are when you're making a left-hand turn on a, at a green light, that's who you are in life. <laughs> Me, personally, when I'm making a left-hand turn, I pass up a bunch of really good opportunities due to a lack of self-confidence. <laughs> and then I make a really bad decision. <laughs> driving my girlfriend's car. Because I'm a scrub. I'm a scrub, that's right. Don't worry, ladies, I'm taken. Um, I want to get, should I continue with the politics? I mean, just really quick. Uh, I think it's, I think that, I'm glad that it's all, it's finally over. We could just focus on Hillary. Beating Trump is very, very important. This is Trump's dumb face is the f one and only time I think that the, uh, terror alert system has worked. Because when, when his face goes from orange to red, then you know, terror's around. Um, it sucked though, isn't it? Like, I felt so bad for Hillary. It was, like, it was her Alanis Morissette moment, man. She had her Alanis moment because she was this close to becoming the first woman president of all time and then here comes the sexy-ass motherfucker, Bernie Sanders. It's like 10,000 knives when all you need is a spoon. You know what I mean? I'm going to continue with the politics. I don't think there are enough podcasts around. I don't think there are enough podcasts, goddammit. And so I'm going to throw my, my podcast into the podcast. I... Okay, so here's my podcast. Um... You, you come over to my house. <laughs> come over to my house like 1, 1.30. Um, 
And then before you have to message my uh, assistant Gary, tell him what your favorite sandwich is. And then when you come into my home at one, like one one thirty, um, I'm making you your favorite sandwich. And then and then we um, and then you also and then so we we eat our favorite sandwiches. And then you tell me everything you love about your mom. And then also, also, you bring your laundry. And the whole time I'm doing your laundry. And then right when we get done with our sandwiches, your laundry's done. And then, and then I just cover you in your own warm, fresh, clean laundry. And then I ask you if I can kiss you on the forehead because everything's about consent. And then I kiss you on the forehead. And then we don't record any of it. Because I'm just really lonely. Thank you, come over to my house. My name is Eric Joy. Thank you so much. Keep it going for Eric. One more time for Eric Dorian. And actually, how about for everybody else that you saw tonight? Let's hear for everybody you saw tonight. Martin Morrow, Anna Gilchrist, Zach Sims. You did it. You named the people. I named everybody that was on the show. Guys, that's Rhea Butcher. That's Cameron Esposito. We are here every Tuesday night. See you guys next week. We will see you next week. Put your hands together. 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 Get ready to laugh. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Get ready to clap. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Arnie Niekamp from the Improv Fantasy Podcast, Hello from the Magic Tavern. I fell through a dimensional portal behind a Burger King in Chicago into the magical land of Foon, and I started a podcast. Season three has just begun with a brand new adventure to defeat the Dark Lord. If you're a new listener or you've fallen behind, season three is a great jumping on point. And we've got great guests like Justin McElroy. I sound like a fancy college professor. Eight nights. <laughs> Rachel Bloom. You all see my collection of men corpses and one woman. Felicia Day and Colton Dunn. You've seen <coughs> me have intercourse with a variety of species. It's a bummer. Andy Daly. You have the members of Genesis listed, but Phil Collins yeah. has crossed out and then circled and crossed out again. Uh, yes, I have killed Phil Collins twice. Thomas Middleditch. <laughs> Oh, Jesus! I mean, Jazos! <laughs> ruler of the Eighth Circle! And that's just the beginning. Season 3 of Hello from the Magic Tavern is out now. Listen in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.